page 38, number 4, Holal. The initial meaning of the word Holal is to be clear, to shine, to boast, to make a show, to be clamorously foolish, to celebrate, to act madly, to make a fool of and to give in marriage. It has nothing to do with the halal meat that Muslim butchers sell. This kind of praise is sometimes despised by other people, even Christians. People will discourage you to give such praise to the Lord. Halal is radical praise. Think of your wedding day, how happy you were and how you were celebrating with your friends and dancing. That is one aspect of halal. So, dancing in church is not of the devil, but of God. God has blessed you with a new house, restored your marriage, a new car, a new degree or qualification. You just want to boast about your God, who did it for you. You know you could not afford the payments on the mortgage. You were on the verge of being evicted, and God showed up and paid all your bills. You brag about your God who did it for you and nobody else. I remember a few years back, I had some struggles to pay my rent for six months. I had not paid my rent and the bailiff companies were sending their agents to come and pick up my mattress. I was playing hide and seek with the bailiff agents. They would ring the bell, but I would not answer. And finally, they sent me a notice of eviction. Aha! I am laughing today, but I was not laughing then. I remember I went out to church on Sunday, and I danced like a madman. Many people were offended. It didn't matter to me. I danced like a jester before his king, and within a week I paid the six months' rent I owed. What is the secret behind that halal? Why is it so powerful? We read in 2 Samuel 6.14-20, and David danced, Korah, whirled around before the Lord with all his might, and David was girded with a linen ephod. First of all, David was not dancing to be seen by anybody. He was dancing before the Lord. David put all his might into that dancing and was girded only with a linen ephod. There was no pride in Holal. David stripped himself of all his royal robes and decided to dance before the Lord to be the jester of the King Jesus. For the Ark of the Covenant talks about Jesus. David was doing a prophetic action that my King Jesus will be coming one day, riding on a donkey. John 12 verse 14 A king in those days, when he entered a city, a jester went before him, dancing and whirling around. David was prophetically saying, I am the jester of King Jesus. Everything I have is because my King Jesus gave it to me. David was a real king and a wealthy person, not like the kings in our days. But he humbled himself before the King of Kings. 2 Samuel 6 verse 15 So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting, Teruah, and with the sound of the trumpet. Holal is a clamorous celebration. Not only did they dance like foolish people, but they shouted on top of their voices and with the sound of trumpets. Who said that your God does not like noise? 
In fact, in the entire book of Revelation, the silence in heaven was so unusual that it had to be recorded. It only lasted 30 minutes, Revelation 8 verse 1. Angels and saints are always praising and worshipping the Lord in heaven. 2 Samuel 6 verse 16 And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. People like Michal, who despise our Holal, are dancing, whirling around, shouting and leaping. They do not know what they are doing. May God forgive them. Michal was raised in the palace of her father Saul. She thought she was too important to dance before the Lord, to Holal. She thought her status as a princess and now a queen, she cannot disgrace herself by Holaling. Shouting, whirling around, leaping and on top of everything, being dressed like commoners and praising God with them? No way! People who think they are too important for God, that they cannot praise Him, God will remove them from their position and set up another who will hulal Him. Saul was not praising the Lord. God removed him from being king. Michal might have said in her heart, This David is just a shepherd boy. He does not know anything about protocol in palaces. Kings are not supposed to be doing that. But what she forgot is that David might have been a shepherd boy before, but her father Saul was a donkey keeper before. 1 Samuel 9 It is amazing how we so easily forget that God was the one who put us in the position of power. Now we cannot even join the celebration of our King Jesus with other saints. We look at it from our window and despise those who are holaling our King Jesus. Michelle never bore a son to David. She was the first wife of David, but God made sure that no descendant of hers would inherit the throne of David. Therefore Michelle, the daughter of Saul, had no child to the day of her death. 2 Samuel 6 verse 23 2 Samuel 6, verse 20 to 22. Then David returned to bless his household, and Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants, as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. And David said unto Michal, It was before the Lord, who chose me before your father, and before all his house, to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore will I play before the Lord. And I will yet be more vile or undignified than this, and will be humble in my own sight, and of the maidservants whom you have spoken of, of them shall I be held in honour. David understood something important. Even if people think you are being undignified, it is the voice of the devil trying to prevent you from hulaling your God. Let them know that you are not ashamed of what they think about you, that you are ready to be even more undignified than this, when we are in leadership if we are not proud, but make our boast in the Lord God, it will cause the people he has placed under our authority to hold us in honour. When you think of it, it can only be from the devil. 
When people go to soccer games or rugby games in a stadium, they shout, they blow trumpets, they play drums, they dance, they sing, etc. They are not ashamed of any of these. If they can celebrate a team or a player, why can't we celebrate madly the King of Kings? God who always leads us to triumph. Why are we ashamed to sing praises to our God and be his jesters? When the Lord brought the people of Israel out of Egypt, after he had made an utter riddance of the power and wealth of Egypt, parted the Red Sea and drowned Pharaoh and his army, the Bible records this, Then Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took the timbrel or tambourine in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and dances. Exodus 15.20 and Miriam answered them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. Exodus 15.21 In the case of the people of Israel and Miriam, they praised Hulald, the Lord, with their tambourines singing and dancing, because the Lord has triumphed gloriously over their enemies. When David danced before the Ark of the Covenant, it was a prophetic action. In faith he believed that the Lord would cause him to triumph gloriously over all his enemies like he did in the days of Miriam. The Bible says, Now thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus, and through us diffuses or manifests the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14 Jesus has made you alive together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and has taken it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Having stripped rulers and authorities, he made a show of them publicly, triumphing over them in it. Colossians 2, 13-15 Many times when I holal, it is not because I have the victory now, but because I am doing it prophetically like David. Within myself I am saying, My King Jesus will come riding not on a donkey like he did 2,000 years ago, but on his horses, his chariots of salvation, Yeshua, health, wealth, prosperity, rescue, deliverance, welfare, salvation. Habakkuk 3 verse 8 Yes, the Lord has already, in the predicaments, plights, and afflictions of his people, gone forth for the salvation of his people, for salvation with his anointed, Jesus Christ. Habakkuk 3 verse 13 Whatever I am facing, help is on its way. My Lord, the rock of my salvation, Jesus Christ, will step into the arena with me. He will smite them before my face. They came one way, but they will flee before me seven ways. Deuteronomy 28 verse 7 He will cause me to triumph gloriously against whatever has come before me. So that is why I am dancing like a jester of my King Jesus, because he will always cause me to triumph gloriously. I remember when I freshly came back to the Lord, when the Lord healed my backsliding and loved me freely. He turned his anger away from me, Hosea 14.4. I was so happy because Jesus had made me alive together with him, having forgiven me all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against me, which was contrary to me, and has taken it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. 
Having stripped rulers and authorities, he made a show of them publicly, triumphing over them in it. Colossians 2, 13-15 I was so happy that I wanted to go out and dance madly for the Lord. So, I woke up one Saturday morning at 4am and went out to the streets of Manchester, UK, to sing and dance unto the Lord. I said to God, David did not know how to dance, whirling and leaping. What kind of dancing is that? I said, Lord, you need to have a taste of how the Congolese dance. We are the best dancers in the world, in my opinion. In church they will not let me dance that way, but in the streets no one can stop me. The Lord told me, put on your suit and your overcoat, lest you be arrested for madness or drunkenness. So I did, and went into the streets at 4 a.m. I was dancing and singing unto the Lord in my mother tongue. And a police van stopped me, for they thought either I was heavily drunk or maybe mad. But because they saw me in a suit, they were a bit careful to rush into conclusions. So they asked me, Sir, is everything okay? I said, Everything's great. I just received great news from my home country. That is why I'm celebrating. So they told me, Okay, you are fine then. Have a great day. And they drove off. In my heart I was saying, yes, the great news is from heaven, my new home country, my elder brother is enthroned, king of kings and lord of lords. As I continued dancing and singing in the streets, a Muslim taxi driver saw me and insulted me. Infidel, you are so drunk and you are disgracing yourself. Those white British, you are a disgrace to all the black people. He called me other names that are not lawful to be uttered here, but with tears in my eyes I ignored him and kept on singing loud and dancing. I said in my heart, Thank you, Jesus, for counting me worthy of bearing the reproach of my British people who have a drinking problem. Another Jamaican raster man met me and said to me, Brother, you need to give me some of your stuff. I have tried many illegal substances, but none of them had even made me high the way I see you. I laughed and I said to him, It is the HG that I use and walked off. In my heart I saw saying, Yes, I am high on the HG, the Holy Ghost, praise the Lord. Number 5. Two Door To do is to give worship by the extension of the hand in adoration or agreeing with what has been done or will be. The word to do is commonly connected with the sacrifice applying the giving of thanks or the praise as a sacrifice before the reception or manifestation. Let us say we are in a church setting and the choir is ministering and one decides to lift up his hand to agree with what the lyrics of the song is saying. That is to do. The person is saying, let this song be true in my life. Let it be done to me according to the lyrics of the song. Let us say that a brother or sister is giving testimony in church and the testimony bears witness in the heart of another believer in the pews. That believer can raise his hand up into door. What that believer is actually saying in his heart is, Lord, what you have done for this brother or sister who is testifying, 
do it for me as well? You are no respecter of persons, Acts 10.34. What you did for him or her, do it for me as well. Besides, you said we overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, Revelation 12.11. Today I have heard the testimony of my brother or sister, how you delivered him or her. Hence I raise my hand up into door to agree with what you have done in their life. And I agree with your word and the testimony of the brother or sister that you will duplicate that testimony in my life. Many times we only thank God when we have received what we have asked for. It takes faith to thank God when we have not yet received it or seen the manifestations of the thing. It is a sacrifice of praise that we offer to our God. Everything in us tells us you have no earthly reason to be praising God, to be dancing, to be shouting, to be thanking God, but you do it anyway. Paul tells us, Therefore, by him, Jesus, let us continually offer the sacrifices of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, homologio, confessing, giving thanks to his name. Hebrews 13, verse 15. To door is the kind of praise that agrees with the word of God, not with our external circumstances. The person puts his faith in the word of God. He believes what the word of God says about him and his situation. Isaiah says, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Isaiah 53 verse 1 The person puts his faith in Jesus, believes that by Jesus and through Jesus, all his needs will be met. That through Jesus Christ, God will not only give him the victory over what has come his way, but much more. God will always cause him to triumph in Christ. He gives Jesus the preeminence in all things pertaining to him. Colossians 1 verse 18 The person confesses with an attitude of thanksgiving what God is saying concerning him and his situation. In his heart and with his mouth he says this, Father, I thank you that your word is true. Let us look at Jesus Christ, how he tudored when he was on earth. In John 11, Lazarus was stinky dead for four days. All hope was gone. Jesus came before the tomb of Lazarus and this is what he said. Father, I thank you that you have heard me and I know that you always hear me. John eleven forty one to 42 In the midst of that painful situation and the loss of his friend, whom he loved, after he had wept over the death of Lazarus, he still saw the Lord high and lifted up above the death of his friend. Isaiah gives us a good understanding that no matter what has come our way, we must magnify God, not magnify our problem. Hence he said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Isaiah 6, 1 and 3. God is on his throne, my brethren, high and lifted up above all our problems and all our enemies. 
When we praise him in the midst of our predicaments, we enthrone him as king. Psalm 22 verse 3 God is in control of our life, of the outcome of our battles. He is the Lord of hosts, both the host of heaven and the hosts of Israel. There is nothing too hard for him. In the days of King Hezekiah, the Assyrians came against Judah. Judah did not have to fight. God just sent one angel into the Assyrian camp and he killed 185,000 Assyrians in one night. Isaiah 37 verse 36 When Jesus was standing before Pilate, he told him that if his kingdom were of this earth, his father could have sent 12 legions of angels. That's 72,000 angels. Matthew 26 verse 53 they could potentially kill 13,320,000,000 enemies based on what just one angel did in the Assyrian camp. What Jesus was saying to Pilate is that he has no power at all over Jesus, but Jesus was going to the cross willingly. Jesus did not ask for the help of these angels so that you and I could benefit from that angelic protection. There is something better for you and I. We do not only have 12 legions, but Paul tells us, you and I have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, to our heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Hebrews 12 verse 22. Not just 12 legions, but an innumerable company of angels. You do not have to worry about anything. God has got your back. Jesus thanked God because he had heard him before. He had even prayed and he knew that God always hears him. God always hears your prayers too. Jesus was confessing what God said in his word and giving thanks at the same time. The Bible says, God hears the prayer of the righteous. Proverbs fifteen twenty nine. The prayer of the upright or just is his God's delight. Proverbs 15.8 For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. 1 Peter 3.12 Furthermore, the Lord said, Call to me, and I will answer you, and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Jeremiah 33.3 God always hears your prayers as a born-again believer because he imputed Christ's righteousness unto you and if your prayer lines up with the written word of God, which is his will, he will always answer you whatever you ask in the name of Jesus. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, Here I am. Isaiah 58 verse 9 it shall come to pass that before you call, I will answer, and while you are still speaking, I will hear. Isaiah sixty-five twenty-four. Jesus had all those scriptures in his heart when he spoke at the tomb of Lazarus. He was saying the same thing God said about him in his word. When he said, Lazarus, come forth. John 11.43 He knew that God would answer, since he promised it in his word.